Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today, my guest, Alice Lee, is going to talk to us about her journey as an entrepreneur. But also, this is a topic that's dear to me because I, as I was sharing with Alice, we, like most parents, struggle to make sure we're feeding our kids the best food possible. I'm sure my listeners who are parents here can vouch for that. But then it goes a step further, right? With the pandemic here, you're always thinking about vitamins. Are they, are they getting all their proteins? And it's hard, right? Like there's so many brands on the market. And, and, and then sometimes you try a gummy and then your dentist will go and say, oh, don't give them that gummy. That's terrible for their teeth. They're going to get cavities, which I'm setting this up for you, Alice, because I know yours is low Thanks, in sugar. but let's welcome you to the podcast thanks for being here alice thank you i'm so excited to be here i've been a huge fan of the podcast and just really excited to hopefully provide some value to the listeners out there i know being a founder is a really tough journey and i thought about it for years honestly before i took the lead so yeah really excited to answer the questions all right fantastic well let's start with your background like i i know you you um you went to yale right Yes, that's okay. right. So I was born in China, was lucky enough to move to California and grew up there. I loved school, was a total dork. And so I was lucky enough to get into Yale and studied economics there, ended up in finance and strategy consulting afterwards and left a couple of years ago to start first day. And it's been an incredible journey so far. Uh, we launched our first product in 2019 and we're, as you already mentioned, a vitamin and wellness brand. We really cover, you know, everything that moms, dads, and kids need, ideally. And now we're an eight-figure business. So it's been a a long and tough journey, but super exciting. And I've learned a lot along the way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure lots of uh, sleepless nights planning (laughs) and iterating and all of that, right? Completely. I think, you know, before you start a company, you really have or at least this is what it was like for me. I really had no idea what I was getting into. You know, the, the comparison that I think about is actually having kids. You know, you have this idealized idea of what it's going to be like to have a baby. And it's that version that actually lets you make the decision and, you know, embrace that. And then nine months later, you know, you have a baby that might be colicky, can't sleep, won't eat, spits up on you, you know, all hours of the night, you're thinking I'm exhausted. I have no idea what I signed up for. And I'm just trying to help this thing survive. And it's rejecting everything that I'm doing. <laughs> and so, you know, I think a huge part of the learning curve there for me personally. I, I so agree with you. I've always used that analogy. I've actually upset some friends early on when I'd say, <laughs> I'm telling you, I have four kids. I said, look, yeah. having kids is like it being an entrepreneur, a journey building yeah. a company. Um, there's, you know, of course, challenges, but there's a lot of like great things along the way. And some friends mm-hmm. will be like, that, that's nothing like that. I said, no, I'm <laughs> telling you it is. And they also go through the different years. Like once you get to the teenage years, that's a whole different ballgame. Hopefully, well, you guys are not in the teenage years with your business yet. So you're, it's all <laughs> nothing but joy right now, but it happens. Yeah, completely. And I mean, even when you do get to the teenage years for your business, it's, necessary for it to become an adult, you know, for yeah. you to really scale and to have something that's sustainable and potentially even independent from you, you know, if you decide to hire a CEO or whatever it is. So. To- totally. And it's hard because, you know, innovation is just, it's, it's a part of the, the economy in the world today, right? That everyone's got mobile devices, things are changing all the time. You're trying to adapt yeah. to them. Um, but let's go back a, a little bit further 
talk about your family in China, because I think there's a great connection there between why you chose the, the business of vitamins and your experience watching your grandparents. Completely. Um, my family, I think, really grew up in China at a time when that was really hard. You know, the China that we all know today, super modern, skyscrapers, very different quality of life wasn't you know wasn't like that 50 70 years ago and mm -hmm. my grandparents literally survived the great chinese famine where wow. you know up to 55 million actually people actually passed away and you know it was a very tough time i think to live through uh practically speaking and it also meant that you really didn't have enough to eat um, and even after that period of time you know china was in poverty for a lot of families mm -hmm. and i have so many stories from you know, my grandparents and also hearing my parents' stories growing up that it often meant that, you know, my, my grandmother wouldn't eat so that her kids could eat um, or that, you know, for my mom, her sister, my aunt was actually a, like a youth professional ping pong player, which also sounds like the most Chinese thing ever. Uh, <laughs> but because of that, you know, the whole family would give her all the milk that they had in terms of, you know, being able to wow. buy it with coupons and rations, just because they were like, oh, you know, milk has calcium and calcium is what an athlete needs. And so, you know, there's just a lot of sacrifices that you have to make when you grow up in an environment like that. And I feel honestly, incredibly lucky to have grown up in California and the U.S. where there's, you know, fresh, organic um, fruits and vegetables, honestly, more than enough. And that's also a huge testament to all the generations of my family that came before me who really, you know, wanted to improve the lives of their children. When we started First Day, that was a huge part of actually why we were so mission-driven because nutrition impacts your life, not just for that period of time, but literally for decades. You know, my grandmother, even though you know, the last part of her life, she lived really well, you know, all of her children supported her and China was in a very different stage of growth then. But, you know, a lot of her health problems never went away because there's just, you know, that period of time and your health is so critical. Um, mm. And if you don't protect yourself and don't protect your body the way it needs to, and it doesn't get the essentials, it can be really, really hard to come back from that and, and to recover. Wow, that's a fascinating story, Alice. I mean, I think, you know, when I think about marketing and helping companies really dig into their why, yeah, your story is like, it, it explains why you're doing what you're doing, which I know during the pandemic, you guys donated quite a bit of, of your vitamins, right? Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, we were still a very small company then, but we actually donated over a million dollars of vitamins to feed the children. Yeah, you know, in 2020 and 2021, so many families had lost their jobs or were living under really serious economic insecurity mm -hmm. and had a hard time finding basic necessities. And so we- That's incredible. Had, yeah, we were, honestly, I felt so grateful to be able to work with Feed the Children because they were putting together this incredible package for families with necessities, you know, food, um, everything they needed. And- vitamins are actually something that have been linked to longer term health. And so it was a, a great opportunity to be able to get back. Yeah. You know, I think that um, so many of us, like you, you had family who had experienced, you know, hunger. Um, yes. So you understand. Um, but for most people who are just going on about their day and have their privilege, 
Uh, nothing wrong with that, but you, you rarely stop to really understand that around you, everywhere we live, there's people who are going hungry, food deserts. Totally. I, I've worked with dozens of nonprofits in that space. So like food pantries, I used to work with one in Fort Lauderdale, I was actually sat on their board for like five years. And these, yeah, and these were for seniors, Alice. So what amazed wow. me is this was in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida, very like wealthy area. And it was amazing to me, the hundreds, and I think we were serving somewhere between five and 600 senior citizens on a monthly basis. And every month, uh, this pantry, you know, I mean, you'd get donations. Of course, we do the fundraisers and you'd fill up a 80 pound box of food and you'd go to these senior citizens, you know, like homes. And I realized very quickly when I was volunteering between the time I volunteered and went onto their board that a lot of these senior people looked like my mom and like they were were just normal. They lived in a, you know, condo or, or a house. But they had to choose between paying bills and getting their medication and getting their food. And so it blew my mind, right? And, and how just uh, without these organizations or organizations like yours who are willing to chip in, um, if not for them, because the government is not enough, obviously, people yeah. would just die hungry. Yeah, and it's, it's such a huge issue that I think people don't pay enough attention to. Um, and I think increasingly you know, more and more people are learning about just how important nutrition is. I think we Mm -hmm. all realize on some level, hey, I should eat healthier, but it's also so hard to do that day in, day out. Oh, yes. I know. Yeah, I know. I struggle with it every day. Um, It's really tempting to just grab some junk food or to skip a meal or, you know, not eat enough vegetables. You know, there are some crazy stats out there. 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables and 90% of adults don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. And so, you know, because of that, it becomes so important to just make sure that you're adding a little bit extra, you know, in terms of that insurance with the multivitamin and that's what we try to do. Well, you know, what's interesting is for our, for our household. So when it's like snack time or anything, like we tell the kids, like the snack has to be do it yourself, which is pretty much free. I love that. It's right there. You don't have to ask us. You can eat plenty of fruits, which, you know, they they get tired of that. So once in a while, okay, find some chips or a granola bar or whatnot. But this time of the year, Alice, when it's summer, we get so excited because we're huge mango fans. Mm, Um, They're so good. Yeah. My mango tree is not doing so well yet because it's only like four (laughs) years old. But um, my mom's neighbor has a great mango tree and we'll bring like hundreds of mangoes. And what I found with kids, yeah, with kids, it's like, you have to make it fun. Like if you want them to eat, yeah. the, the, you know, uh, vegetables, a little bit harder, but definitely the fruits, there's ways that you can make it fun, you know, um, but definitely the vitamins, we have found that vitamins definitely add that extra layer, especially like when we're traveling and you're on the road, there's no better yeah. way to get your nutrition than a quick vitamin. Yeah. I, that's such a great point, especially about travel and also just staying safe with immunity. But I, I just love the example that you gave about your kids, Alex, because it's actually really similar to how I personally think about culture at our company. You know, we invest so much into culture and coaching and experimentation. And I think a huge part of that is actually teaching team members, you know, the logic behind things, the foundation, how to make decisions. Um, and that, I think, has been a huge part of why we've been really able to scale super quickly over the last three to four years. And Alice, you have a partner, right, in the business? Yes. Um, okay. And yeah, and he, so Andy's the same. And we started the business together 
a couple of years ago and about I think two and a half years ago or so, he actually left the business to start another company. And so, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of people also don't talk about, you know, that co-founder teaming and that joining together and also potentially splitting. You know, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of stigma against talking about that because people oh, yeah. feel like it's a failure. And then, right. Well, I've been there. I mean, I, I, I can't count the number of partners. I would say most of my partners in my 20 years as an entrepreneur, um, have been great experiences. I've definitely learned even from the ones that made that may have not ended up as great as it could have been. But in most cases, uh, I've remained friends and sometimes partnered up again with these part, you know, these people, Absolutely. because if you, if you spend enough time with someone before you launch the business, you, you'll get to know them. You'll know if they, they work like you do, if they have the sort of same mindset and dreams. Compatibility. Is, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so tell me now, I mean, now you're growing this company and is most of the sales that you do online? Yeah, that's a great question. So we're hundred percent e-commerce and actually okay. we're hundred percent through our website, which is okay. hyperstay.com. So we're direct to consumer. consumer. That's right. And a huge part of the business is actually subscription-based, which is also a, a slightly different business model that provides a lot of, mm -hmm. um, I think, stability especially for a young company. Um, but I'm happy to talk about any yeah. of that. Well, because I think, you know, it's so tempting for anyone who's creating products, any type yes. of products to go the distribution route or try to get into retail or sell on Amazon. Yeah. But doing direct to consumer, I mean, what I love about that is that you own that relationship from Completely. end to end. And so if it goes well, it's great, which you guys have thousands of great reviews. <laughs> you know what, what was funny, Alice, I saw that um, some of the reviews that you guys had, which was like almost nothing that were like the ones or whatever, they were yeah. actually good reviews. Like the, 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 the text was great. Yes. Clearly the person meant to put a five star, but they clicked a one. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. It's so funny. You know, it's like one star, and then it says something yeah. like, "Oh, these are my kids' favorite vitamins." Yeah, and so, I could see my you know, mom doing error. that. Yeah, and I could totally <laughs> yeah. see my mom doing that, like writing, "This is amazing." Uh, click a star. Yeah. So, yeah. but no, but it's awesome that you guys have that. But now go backwards a little bit for me because I think mm -hmm. in in your world, prototyping and and getting the right taste and the right shape yeah. and the packaging. Gosh, there's so many layers to that. How much time Absolutely. did you guys spend on that before you said, "Okay"? We're ready to put it out on the market, not yeah. beta, but actually sell. Yeah, we spent over two years on that, uh, both on the science, the brand, the design, the taste. Wow. You know, I think just speaking about our scientific advisors alone, and we have two, they're both incredible, one from Harvard and one from Yale. That's amazing. I think I emailed, uh, you know, over 300 academics and researchers in the space to try and find someone who was really excited about our mission, you know, to bring nutrition, my personal story, as well as just our scientific philosophy, um, you know, within vitamins, it's such a confusing market. You know, you go into the grocery store and go into the pharmacy, the vitamin aisle, everything's on sale. Everything looks super medicinal. You know, it's in this sort of pill bottle type of packaging everything looks the same. Yeah. And honestly, you just look at it and you're like, I don't know what any of these products are. I don't know the difference between them. I don't even know if they work. And it's yeah. so crazy for a multi-billion dollar company to sorry, multi-billion dollar market to work like that. Yeah. And I, and I think it's even as difficult online when you think of like the buyer journey, 
Yeah. And people research their stuff and they get tired of researching. So then maybe they listen to an influencer or a yeah. celebrity, you know, right. I think of the celebrities most recently with the crypto crash, um, you know, Ryan Reynolds and all these other guys who were like, yeah, crypto. And then like they went <laughs> silent. They're like, I and know. they're Very trying awkward. to get them. To, yeah. And this happens in different industries, but I think like for, you know, vitamins, it's one of those things where you could, let's say, you may have a competitor who has the budget to get LeBron James to right. say, this is the best vitamin. LeBron James, like, yes, sure. It's the best vitamin. Never tasted, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's difficult for businesses today when they go to direct to consumer for that reason. How are you guys overcoming that? Because if you don't have any big names endorsing your product, right. how are you reaching customers? I love that question. And actually it dovetails well into your point prior about distribution and about Amazon versus C2C. I think a huge advantage that we actually have with direct consumer and with, like you mentioned, owning that customer journey from beginning to end, you know, from their first experience with the brand to landing on the site, reading about us, all of that is you can actually educate people about why vitamins are important, why this product is different. Um, you know, just as one example, a lot of formulations in the market are based on science from 1968. You know, that's over 50 years ago. You know, back then, we really didn't understand a lot of aspects of biology, the human body, you know, we hadn't even fully sequenced DNA. And now there's so much that impacts nutrition from epigenetics um, to, you know, what we're learning about neuroscience mm -hmm. and sort of the, the body environment interaction. And a lot of this research is super recent. And so owning that customer journey and actually not being afraid to have, let's say, longer ads, like longer videos on Facebook or even oh. longer website journeys, right? I'm um, sure the marketers are all telling you, no, Alice, 15 <laughs> seconds, that's, that's all. Right. <laughs> and you're like, I don't care. I need three minutes. <laughs> Completely. And, you know, even with the website, you know, the best practice right now that you hear all over the place from some of the best marketers out there is hey, you need it to be super succinct, really short, lots of call to action buttons, yeah. you know, buy now, shop, whatever it is. And actually some of our most successful website journeys are literally, if you put it in a Word doc, 15, 20 pages long. Wow. And that's because parents want to be educated. You know, they're confused. They don't understand this and they know it's important, right? Like, I, I don't think I've ever talked to a parent who has said, no, I don't want my kids to eat healthy, right? We all know that's true, but it's such a hard topic. And it's so confusing because the media, celebrities, to your point, everything out there is so fad driven, right? Is it keto? Is it low sugar is bad? Or should I be eating high fat? Or is that actually going to be bad for my kids down the line? Or, you know, what's actually good for my family? And it's incredibly confusing. And so being I think that voice out there that's based on science and also being willing to talk about that with consumers is just such a huge advantage. Yeah. And I love obviously the way with your products, obviously building the subscription model where they could become a customer for life for you guys. Completely. And as long as you're doing a great job and they're benefiting from, from, from the the vitamins they're taking yeah they could be with you guys literally from uh cradle to uh grave <laughs> as they would say it which i i never liked that saying but i just said it it's a so, little bit morbid but yeah it I, 
<laughs> I understand the sentiment and the sentiment is, is amazing. You know, we've had customers who have been with us since the beginning, since we've launched and they still continue to buy and, and love the product. And, you know, along the way, we've even made recipe changes Okay. To make the gummy taste even better because taste is so important for kids and honestly also for adults. Right. Mm-hmm. We all want a little bit of something that brings us joy, even if it's healthy. Um, and so, you know, when we did that, we actually sent out the prototype to a hundred of, you know, our basically best families who had been taking the product for mm-hmm. literally over a year and who absolutely loved it, just to make sure that, you know, even for our strongest customers you know, they like the change and it's going to be something that they're happy with. And I think having that interaction and discussion with the customer is also something that's so core to our brand and a luxury mm-hmm. from being, you know, direct to consumer and e-commerce based, because if you're in retail, you don't necessarily know who's buying your product. You can't right. talk to them. We can literally, you know, email our customers and say, Hey, do you want to hop on the phone? We're trying to build a new product, would love to hear your thoughts and get your input. And a lot of them are super excited to be involved in that process. I love that. I mean, you know, while I think that it could take a little bit longer for you to build out and scale, I think you'll have customers for life. In my experience, every business that I've compared where they went retail distribution, Amazon, they they can scale quickly. But the problem with that, even if you go from five to 10 to a hundred million, the profitability is like, I mean, everybody's got your, their hands in the pie yeah. and you muddy the waters with the customer experience, which then becomes a problem as well. Cause you always need to acquire new customers in your case, Absolutely. you, you, you may not dominate the entire market, but what you'll have is, uh, you know, customers for life. And that's a great way to grow. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's super insightful, Alex. I, I completely agree. And I think people also potentially underestimate just how quickly you can grow mm-hmm. on D2C. You know, I think we've been growing three to four X every year. That's fantastic. And so, yeah. And so it's been an incredible journey. And I think having that control over the business becomes a huge asset too, when you think about the future, right? Which categories do you want to expand into? How do you want to necessarily fund the business or how do you want to grow or do you want to sell? Um, and all of that just gives you a lot more flexibility and it builds that attachment to the brand. You know, it's not just, hey, you know, someone that's searching for something on Amazon and just finds your product and says, okay, this is the top, you know, ranking product that you probably paid an ad for um, and buys it and tries it. It's they actually had to understand, you know, okay, who's first day? I've never heard of them. Why are they special? Why are they better for my kids and for my family and myself and, you know, my husband and whoever it is. Um, mm. And that, to your point, just builds such a strong relationship and builds that lifetime value, which also gives back to the business. Absolutely. In, in addition to having a great product, which I think is kind of like the, the bare minimum that you need yes. to be able to build a successful, sustainable business. In addition to that, what would you say is like the, the, the biggest reason why you guys are growing? Like, what would you attribute that to? Yeah, that's such a hard question because so many things come to mind. <laughs> so I'll just get started. I think the number one thing is talent. So at the beginning, when you start a business, you do everything yourself. But mm-hmm. after a certain point, you know, you, you can't get bigger if you're the bottleneck on everything. And so being able to hire and train and coach the right people to really be your partners in crime, so to speak, and to really be that amplifier and multiplier on yourself is huge. 
And that I think has been the biggest reason why we've had the success that we've had. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind as a, as a bonus answer, or maybe as a cheating answer, since now I'm giving two, is actually unit economics. So having a really strong grasp of, you know, what do you need to be cash flow positive? What do you need to be profitable? How do you understand the economics behind your own business, behind customer acquisition costs? You know, overhead is so important to building something that's sustainable and something that can grow and even live beyond you. I love that, Alice. I mean, really, um, for me, in my experience, and I would say I, I went down that road, um, the second one, the economics, yeah. for me, was number one reason in 2008, 2009, when we went through the Great Recession, was the number one reason why we had to fold the company. I sold what I could, the assets yeah. were not, but we had to fold because I was millions in debt because I mismanaged the the financial side so right then you have my thumb on the pulse i was over leveraged i had businesses homes properties i mean just just going in every direction in addition to yeah. the business and and not realizing that wow if we have a recession or something terrible happens um yeah. we need to be ready and be cash flow positive as you would say and i wasn't you know so i often talk about this that on this show because I think, yes, product is important, talent's important, sales, marketing, I mean, everything. Yeah. But but um, for me, I actually had, I had a team of like 30 really talented, loyal employees. Oh, they were employees, incredible. not contractors. Yeah. But it didn't, it, for me, it didn't matter because I couldn't, I, I couldn't sustain it long enough. And of course, you know, yeah. when things hit the fan, financing goes away. The banks are like, look, you've been great. The investors are like, you've been great, but I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So what I did different in the last 13, 14 years is to just really be laser focused on every dime, every dollar that goes in, that goes out, managing so soaps. Yeah. And even then I've made some some <laughs> some bad choices, you know, and taken some small risks, not so big yeah. that it would disrupt the whole thing. But yeah. I love that you're saying that. And then for me, absolutely throughout time, it's always been the right people. It's it's you yeah. you can't underestimate how important that is. Yeah, I, I honestly really love, Alex, that you just shared that story because I find that, you know, what you see of entrepreneurship in the media and what you hear about it is often only when things are going well. Yeah. And the reality is so much of what happens in a business is honestly really, really tough. And it's so easy to feel alone and to oh. feel like a failure. And the oh, reality absolutely. is, honestly, most business owners go through this at some point, if not oh. all of them, and often. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate that you shared that story because I think it just does so much for the community and for anyone out there who is really struggling, honestly. Yeah. I personally have struggled, you know, in the yeah. last couple of years. Well, and, and, you, and you, you hit it on the head, Alice. I mean, you said, you know, the, the loneliness piece of entrepreneurship, I think is it's something that's not often talked about. Even when you're succeeding, like you are growing, you're growing, you're growing four, five X even then it, it can be lonely. I mean, you have your team, yeah. sure. You have your family, your friends, whatever, but um, you know, there's lots of moments throughout the day, throughout the year that you have to make key decisions and it's on you and, it and it, it's a lot of weight. And so I feel like even when things are going amazing uh, and you're happy and everything's going well, it can still feel very lonely and scary. And you feel a little like, Oh, oh you know, so. I, I totally agree. And I mean, you know, 
making these tough decisions, whether it's, hey, like spending a seven-figure budget or even as as simple as, you know, having to let someone go, there's still things oh. that hit hard, even Absolutely. if you've done it before. Yeah. Absolutely. What what about your family? I mean, I must think that obviously your family, they're proud of you and, yes. and all of that. But um, for you, like when you now you're, you, you probably get together with family and they ask you about the business, how it's going, Alice, and, and what, like, what do you feel like? What, like, do you attribute that to your mom, your dad, your grandparents, like some of the some of the entrepreneurial chops that of course you learn in school and through life, but there's lots that you kind of learn at, at a very young age. I'm asking you that question because I'm always trying to pass that on to my kids too. <laughs> and all the parents who listen here to yeah. our show that say, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur and I want my kids to, even if they go work, you know, a corporate yes. job to always have that, that entrepreneurial spirit, which can be very beneficial. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. I, I'm so grateful to my family um my grandfather was a carpenter who actually taught himself how to design homes and how to do architecture and actually he um because of everything that was going on at the time around him he actually had to drop out of middle school and so he even had to teach himself to read and wow. so i feel honestly like you know no matter what i achieve in my lifetime I've had such a great foundation and such a great starting place, you know, growing up in California, going to Yale, having the support of my mm -hmm. family, emotional, and also just knowing that, you know, if I, if, you know, everything goes horribly wrong, at least I can, you know, I, I have some place to live, you know, I have a, a roof over my head. I never have to worry about something like that. It's just so powerful. And honestly, no matter what I achieve during my career, I don't think it'll ever be as significant as what my grandfather or what my parents did. You know, speaking of my mother, she she grew up um, in a really tough neighborhood. You know, literally she was, I think, one of the first people from her high school to go to college. And she mm -hmm. went to an incredible university in China. And it was so unexpected that she tested so well. So in China, you, you have a high school exam to test to college um, that the state actually sent inspectors to her high school to make sure that she <laughs> hadn't cheated because they were like, we've never seen scores like these. And all of her teachers came out to congratulate my grandparents. And, you know, she has a PhD in computer science. Wow. And so I feel so privileged, frankly, to have this support from my family. And they're really adorable. You know, every time I see them, they're always telling me, Alice, like you have to bring us vitamins, just send us a whole package, you know, we'll only eat yours. And they're so supportive. <laughs> and, you know, I feel very lucky because having that, I think, cultural value growing up, and then also just knowing from my parents and having that messaging from them that, hey, it's okay to take risks, you know, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. um, and we believe in you, you know, even if you fail, it's okay, right? My mom still actually just told me that a couple of days ago, Alice, like, if you go bankrupt, it's okay. Don't worry. I can take care of you. You know, I'm 30 years old, um, but it really makes a difference having family like that. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing story. And such a testament to obviously your, your, your mom and your, your dad, the whole family there. And I, yeah. I so agree with you. It, it can help you in so many ways. And each, each generation just keeps on building and building and building. Yes. 
So it's really exciting. It's exciting to see everything, all the success that you're having. Um, I'm certainly going to be a customer. I'll be ordering for my kids to try it out. No, absolutely. And and my listeners here too, who are parents and are always like, oh my God, it's summer. I I saw a post (laughs) the other day from one of my um, uh, past guests and the post was something about summer and like food, you know, like, oh my God, it's summertime. And the kids are driving me bananas with the food. And I'm like, listen, you need to have a schedule. I mean, we're like very regimented. Otherwise you go nuts. I get it. Completely. And something that actually a lot of parents don't know is sometimes, you know, that irritability or moodiness or even lack of focus from their kids can be because they're not eating well, you know, eat what you eat every day, those deficiencies, all of that impacts your mood, how your brain works, your sure. energy levels. And so it's it's crazy, but I've heard so many times from our customers actually that they can tell the difference when their kids are taking a really good multivitamin versus not <laughs> because they're actually getting what they need. And that blew my mind personally. There you go. May, may, maybe all the, the birthday goodie bags will be with the first day <laughs> vitamins in it from now on. <laughs> that would make me very excited and very grateful. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's been so great having you here. Um, love what you're doing in not only not only in terms of like what you're doing for society with vitamins and and how you're Thank approaching you. it with less sugar and all that stuff. I want to ask my listeners, encourage them to go to your website and look at it because it's very clear what you guys are doing that's different. Um, that direct to consumer, I can't state how valuable that is for for people who really care about companies that they're giving their money to. Completely. It, it changes the game. Absolutely. And last but not least, of course, all the, all the stuff that you're doing in the community, giving back to, to the programs that you guys gave back to. So congratulations. And it's really been great having you here today. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been such a pleasure chatting. And I also want to just make the offer to any listeners, you know, on your founder journey, if you ever want to reach out and chat, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, Alice at highfirstday.com. Super easy. But yeah, would love to. I love know. that. That's a yeah. that's a great offer. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, there's nothing like talking to someone who's going through it and can because you've been so generous in just being open about the the challenges and and everything else. So thank you so much, Alice. Of course, anytime.